All right, everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tailback slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? On one, ready? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. In this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks for all Week 8 games across the NFL. We've also got Andy's total prop tease. We'll discuss fantasy football with the commish and also the news of the week. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy the Prognosticator Atridge. What's up, buddy? Uh, not a lot, man. How you doing? I've been doing all right, been doing all right. It was a good uh, good week at the sports book last week. Uh, for some, not not for all of us. But, for those uh, listeners who have been listening from day one of this season, uh, I've only went against Andy two other weeks where I've disagreed on more than one game with him. And both those times, I ate a big, gigantic bag of dicks. And uh, right here, right now, I actually was on the right side of, of a bunch, including, unfortunately, the, the Rams against your Niners. I know you were uh, hoping a better showing was going to come out there. Well, you know what? Um, if you think about the last two 49er games, the blowout against the Rams, and then the game <clears throat> prior to that against the Green Bay Packers that came down to the wire, I much prefer the former. Um, it was demoralizing losing green bay in a close game like that that they probably should have won but last week just wasn't their day man it just was not their day and the rams looked good so how about uh darnold with his big ass mitt just ripping the ball out of buddy's hands for like that was i've seen guys like lawrence taylor and reggie white play and that was something i've never seen before where like you couldn't even see it in the replay his hand is so goddamn big that you can't even see it rip the ball out yeah, well, he had a big day, four sacks on the day. That'll uh, that'll help the numbers. Yeah, the Rams are definitely looking good. Your boy Sean McVay uh, definitely has the memory that he says he does. <clears throat> yeah, so let's not dwell on that. Um, your Bears, my God. Oh, another Trubis- kick in the balls. Trubisky, he just needed to eat one more shreddy for breakfast to get that ball across the one-foot line, man. I think it was, if you look, though, and I can't remember the D-lineman's name, and I should because it was a great play on his behalf, by getting up in in Trubisky's face there as he was rushing him and he puts his hands up and you notice Trubisky at the last moment has to tilt his shoulders up and throw a lot higher than farther. And I think that, I think it was a, because you know me, I'm a defensive guy, and even though it happened against the Bears, I was really impressed with with his, you know, he wasn't going for the hit or trying to kill the quarterback. He made a smart defensive play in forcing the quarterback to throw vertical, and because of that, it didn't make the end zone. But, man, one foot, it was a win. Like, what a kick. It, well, a tie, yet, anyway. Yeah, well, we'll talk about the Patriots a little later on um as we discussed the monday night game um ohio state loses great that was fun yeah i'm always That's happy always to fun. see ohio state lose go boilermakers yeah uh, wasn't that smoking jake cutler's uh <laughs> alma mater i believe it was no that was uh drew Brees. ah drew Brees. that's what i'm thinking of right on who yeah. did cutler go to school for again i can't remember now 
I'm a Bears fan and I can't remember. That's absolutely horrible. But it was something like a Purdue. I don't know. He probably threw a bunch of interceptions there too, wherever it was. <laughs> Boom. Um, hey, man, let's get on the news of the week. Let's do it, bud. Chad Kelly was arrested on trespassing charges while in a cowboy costume following the Broncos' Halloween party. He was arrested and charged for entering a couple's home in Englewood, Colorado. The Broncos' backup quarterback, 24 years old, was taken into custody early Tuesday morning on suspicion of first-degree criminal trespassing, according to a statement by the Englewood Police Department. The police department also released the arrest affidavit, which was shared online by BSN Denver reporter Ryan Koenigsberg. Kelly, who was the nephew of former Buffalo Bills quarterback Jim Kelly, allegedly entered a residence, uninvited, and sat on a couch by a woman who was holding a child and mumbled to her incoherently, according to the affidavit. Then, a male in the residence confronted Kelly in the living room and hit him with an aluminum vacuum tube in the upper back as he kicked Kelly out of the residence. The go vacuum tube guy. Uh, you know, he's signed that guy up. You know, we could probably get him a good linebacking contract to beef up uh, the Raiders pass rush. I've been hearing that Gruden's been looking for a good pass rusher this year. Yeah, but what about Chad Kelly? I mean, going into someone's home by accident? That's like throwing a pass to the wrong jersey. Ah, in Denver and in Chicago, they call that the Cutler. Dude. Dude, that's Jay Cutler over there, quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Oh, my God. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. I mean, you kind of suck, but my dad says you might be good someday. Triple breakfast stacks will hit menus on November 1st at McDonald's. They're modified versions of the popular Egg McMuffin, and they'll include two slices of American cheese, two sausage patties, bacon, and an egg. The sandwiches are available on a McMuffin, biscuit, or McGriddles cake. Uh, the new items are designed to help McDonald's solve a problem. Fewer Americans are eating at the fast food chain. A new breakfast could help bring them back. Is that new dish called the McLacy? I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Actually, about I, uh, diabetes and, uh, 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 you know, diabetes. The legalization of cannabis in Canada last week went pretty smoothly, with the exception of one mislabeled product at the online Ontario Cannabis Store. The product was an intimate THC oil meant for a woman's genitalia. In particular, was accidentally labeled as sublingual product, meaning that it was to be taken by drops under the tongue. Yeah, that's crazy, although not the first time a product meant for a woman schnipsy found its way into someone's mouth, uh, like the time my brother accidentally brushed his teeth with my mom's canestin. I guess the folks at the Ontario Cannabis Store aren't exactly cunning linguists, are they? hi Well, that's enough groaners for this week. Let's fire it up with our weekly picks. First game this Sunday is another one in England and a big tilt across the pond for the struggling, struggling Jacksonville Jaguars who are three-point underdogs to the also struggling, struggling Philadelphia Eagles. Struggling. Yeah, I mean, when this game was 
was set. It looked like a pretty good matchup for the British fans there. You got the team that won the Super Bowl. You got a team that played in the AFC Championship game. But now they're both under 500. So where does that leave us? That was that was a pathetic loss uh, to the Panthers that Philly gave up. You know, when you're leading 17 nothing in the fourth quarter. You need to and win. Let- and once again, kids, that shows you when you play a prevent defense, it only prevents you from winning. Yeah, so that... Uh, that's going to make for a pretty long week for these guys, especially traveling across the pond. Speaking of which, Jacksonville's traveled across the pond more than any other NFL team uh, since they've been starting to do games in London. Uh, in fact, they've been there six times, and they've won their last three in the UK. So they know this drill. They know how to prepare for them for the game. They know how to uh, adapt to the time zone. Uh, they know how to adapt to the bangers and mash dishes that they eat. Liver and onions. Liver and onions. Whereas Philly, I don't know. And, you know, obviously, I think Philly is a, a better team. The line at minus three will, will reflect that. But, you know, Blake Bortles getting benched in favor of Cody Kessler. Wow, that's embarrassing, man. And, that is horrible. Well, And, you know, everything regresses to the mean, and Blake Bortles definitely regressed to his mean. And still no Leonard Fournette. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, one of the biggest losses for Jacksonville is uh, Leonard Fournette was an entire dimension unto himself for that offense, and I think he took a lot of pressure off of Blake Bortles. Without Leonard Fournette, it was all Bortles, and you saw how that worked out. Yeah, and there's a lot of animosity in the locker room between the offensive players and the defensive players. Uh, Jalen Ramsey alluded to that in the post-game press conference when he alluded to the fact that Ooh, we, we, we know what's wrong, a.k.a. Blake Bortles is wrong, which I think everyone outside of the Jacksonville area has been telling them that for the last three years. Yep. But he also can have a pretty good day on the gridiron, and you never know when it's going to come. Right what about now. their defense, though? Well, okay. Like so against Houston last week. Well, they gave up 40 to Dallas, right? Yeah, right. And... They're a lot better than that. Like, third personnel hasn't changed much since last year. They're very capable of shutting things down when they need to. And I think they're going to show up uh, this Sunday, the defense, that is. And as long as Bortles doesn't absolutely crap the bed, I'm looking for them to cover here, possibly an outright win. Uh, nothing, and this has nothing to do with Philadelphia. I just think that, you know, Jacksonville's experience in, in being in England and going through that whole process really gives them a big advantage. All right. I, I know you're erring on the side of experience, but this is where I'm going to go against you, brother. I I see this as a, progress, a progressive team and a regressive team. Yes, I know Philadelphia won the Super Bowl last year, but it was a completely different quarterback. Carson Wentz seems to be getting a little bit better and a little more in sync with his offense every week. And Philly's defense is playing pretty well. Jacksonville, on the other hand, I see as a story of regression. Uh, Like I said, Blake Bortles regressing to the mean. Now they're starting Cody Kessler. Uh, Well, he's not going to actually start. They've announced that it will be Bortles starting this Sunday. Either way, it doesn't really seem to matter at this point in time. I know Blake Bortles can sometimes show up and have a good game. But like I said, I think a lot of that was because... He had Leonard Fournette. And when you've got a great running back, you can hold linebackers hostage to the play action and to a lot of backfield motion stuff. Unfortunately, Jacksonville doesn't have him right now. I think that uh, Philadelphia covers that three-point spread. Carolina Panthers with a 
stunning upset over the Super Bowl champion Eagles last week. They're playing host to the upstart Baltimore Ravens, who've suddenly recaptured the idea that defense is awesome, like the Ray Lewis years, and uh, they're, they're just surging right now. Carolina two-point underdogs at home. Well, in fact, this line opened up as Carolina being uh, a favorite by one point. So there's a lot of money moving. A lot of money movement, and I think it's sharp money because uh, it happened early in the week. Uh, impressive win by Carolina, but that was pretty baggy. Um, Baltimore, yeah, as you, as you alluded to, has an awesome defense. Uh, best in the league, I believe. And Joe and Michael my, is much more measured this year. He's not throwing near the picks that he used to, but he's coming up with some pretty timely passes. Well, he's got he's got another quarterback breathing down his neck. He knows he's got to perform. Oh my God, Justin Tucker missing that extra point had to have been heartbreaking. Had to have been heartbreaking. Do you know that not only is that the first one he's he's missed in the NFL, he was actually perfect in the college ranks, and he was perfect in his senior year in high school. He hasn't missed an extra point since he was 16 years old in a game. Wow, could you imagine the disappointment, eh? Although I give that guy props too. He stood up at the podium after oh, the game. He did, yeah. I watched him answer every question, which yep. is more than I can say for a lot of players in the league. So way to nut up Justin Tucker, not only a kicker, but a guy with some fucking balls. Yeah, and he said, uh, you know, if I didn't do that, you know, how am I supposed to uh, get any respect for my son? You got to face the consequences. So, yeah, absolutely. I... Baltimore just, their offense doesn't travel well. They're defense does but their offense doesn't and we do as like much our as home dogs we like our home dogs and keekley's in there and cam's in there and when when the, both of those guys are playing in the same game their record is against the spread is phenomenal and of course funches is now getting in rhythm with stuff uh, mccaffrey's getting a lot well he's getting a lot of passes unfortunately cam's still leading the, the team in rushing yards yeah, I'm going to, I'm gonna. oh my God, I can't believe it, I'm saying this, but I am going to go with the Panthers in this one. You know what, I'm 100% with you. This year, I wasn't expecting Carolina to be much of a team, but they seem to be able to pull one out whenever they need it. And uh, as of right now, I think they're the better team than the Baltimore Ravens, although, you know, they're going to try to prove me wrong this week. But Carolina, two-point dogs at home, I'm with that. On to Steel City, where uh, Pittsburgh is eight-point favorites against the visiting uh, Cleveland Browns, who seem to can't play any games unless they go into overtime. Right. They've had four, um, which is one off the league record, and that happened in 1983. Guess what team had five overtime games? Couldn't tell you. Green Bay Packers. Anyway... Pittsburgh's coming off a bye. Usually this is the t- uh, around the right time of the year where they crap the bed to a team that they should be totally dominating. And they always do it once a year. And I, I got a feeling it's probably going to be this game. Now, Cleveland, oh, my God, Hugh Jackson throwing his offensive coordinator under the bus, Todd Haley, and said he's going to take over more of the offensive duties. Hugh Jackson, that is. 
that's like throwing gasoline on a fire. Yeah, it's it's going to make things worse. He doesn't need to take on more responsibilities. He needs to take on fewer and, responsibilities. And let's remember what the offense was like under Hugh Jackson. Yeah. They weren't winning any games. It's not like he's some sort of offensive guru. Uh, you know, I know Todd Haley sometimes rubs people the wrong way. But well, you know who he rubs the wrong way the most? is Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. <laughs> and don't be surprised, man, if you see Todd Haley becoming the next new head coach for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're going into a bye week soon. I got a feeling that Hugh might be, uh, unless he puts on a good showing against Pittsburgh, he might be on his way out. Well, and here's a good number for you because I know you like them. Ben Roethlisberger is undefeated against the Browns. He's 10-0. and 0. And uh, he, if this win, if he pulls this one out, he ties Terry Bradshaw at 11, 11 and 0. Wow. Well, here's, here's another butthead move by the Browns. So Carlos Hyde grew up in Cincinnati, played college at Ohio State, and now he's back in Cleveland. So what do they do? They trade him to Jacksonville for a fifth-round pick. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It does um, not. And I know and, you like your trivia, so I gave you two guys, Roethlisberger yeah. and Bradshaw. They're both 10-0 and and 11-0, and respectively, against the Browns. Now, mm -hmm. only four NFL quarterbacks have an undefeated record in 10 or more home games against any one opponent since 1970. So you already got Roethlisberger and Bradshaw. Can you name the other two quarterbacks? Joe Montana against the Rams? No. Steve Young against the Rams? No. Troy Aikman, 10 and 0 versus the Cardinals, and Brett Favre, 18 and 0 versus the Lions. Ouch. Suck on that, Lion fan. <laughs> Boy, we're down the field. <laughs> so anyway, Carlos Hyde's gone, but Nick Chubb will get his first start. I it's not that I I don't think Cleveland's gonna win, but eight points, are you kidding me? So of the six games, four of them have gone to Earth. No, seven games. Four of them have gone to overtime. So unless they're going to come up with a new structure where you can get nine points in one play, I, I think Cleveland's going to cover here. Yeah, buddy, I, I fully agree with you on this one. Cleveland is, uh, they're keeping them close, with the exception of, I believe it was, what was it, the Chargers that beat them uh, by a bunch? Soundly, yeah, that was yeah. their most recent game, I guess. So, or no, two, two weeks two, ago, that's two right. Two weeks ago, yeah. So, I mean, the rest of the games, they've, they've been playing very competitive football. Their defense is also, uh, I mean, they're not there yet. But that team is going to be great in a couple of years, I think, if they can keep this personnel because the defense is on fire. They just need a few more offensive weapons. You know, they need to get more online with, like, Kansas City, right? But I, I, I well, points in Pittsburgh, I honestly think Cleveland – I don't think Cleveland's winning on the money line, but I, I'll, I'll, no. I'll take them with eight points. Well, uh, here's an ironic thing. So the Steelers were on a bye last week. And being on a bye, they actually ascended to number one in that division because all the, the Bengals and the Ravens and the Browns all lost. <laughs> so it's it's a pretty competitive division. It's a, it's anyone's uh, anyone's for the taking right now. And Roethlisberger does play pretty good at home. Plays a lot better at home. Uh, I think we got the stat earlier on this year. He's like three touchdowns, one interception at home. Yeah. Versus like yeah. one, one and one, three or one and one and one. Yeah. Way. So uh, I. I Obviously, Pittsburgh, I think, wins this game. Yeah. But eight points, I think I think Cleveland's defense alone and a, and, a, and a couple timely offensive plays, which they've been able to find this year, unlike previous years, keeps them close 
at Heinz Field. Great. Stadium where the Kansas City Chiefs are laying 10 points against division rival Denver Broncos. And man, John Elway had some good success early on in his uh, GM career with quarterback picking. But man, uh, lately, he, he, I thought Case Keenum was going to do great in Denver, and it doesn't seem so. No, and now, now they don't have Chad Kelly. <laughs> and the rumor is that Thomas might be traded as well. Oh, really? There's, yeah, I've been hearing rumors on the Twitter mill. Well, I've been hearing rumors that their coach, Vance Joseph, might be on his way out uh, sooner than later. That might be a good idea. I Okay, let's keep in mind that they did win 45-10 to 10 last week, right? So it's not like they're totally out to lunch. Um, I, I guess with all the stuff going on within the locker room this week, like Chad, Chad Kelly was found at quarter after one in the morning on Tuesday. After this Von Miller party. That's not a good look. No, and that kind of means the coach really doesn't have a, a good grip on the discipline of the team because I'm sure he wasn't the only guy up till quarter after one. Dressed up like a cowboy, of all things. Maybe he wants to be a cowboy. Maybe he wants to go down to Dallas. I don't know. But anyway, back to this game. Arrowhead, wow, did the Chiefs look good. However, it's a divisional game. Are they 10 points good in a divisional game, Andy? No, they are not. They are not. Denver's going to keep the... They got their asses handed to them by KC in Denver. And, uh, you know, it's it's unusual for a team to see another team twice already before it's even at the halfway point of the season. But nonetheless, I think uh, in a divisional game like this, Denver's got something to prove. And, I, yeah, they're not going to win, but 10 points is too much. It's one of those ones this week I'm going to stay away from because Casey's tempting to pick the way they're playing at 10 points right now. I just, like you said, it's a divisional matchup, and strange things always happen. It doesn't matter what division we're talking about. Strange things always happen in divisional matchups. And, you know, there's just 10 points is a lot in an in a NFL game, in a professional football game. This is in college. Uh, I'm likely, I want to say KC because of the way they're playing but the gambler in me says denver because 10 points is it sounds to me like a gift it should be more like six and a half or at least seven maybe yeah. seven with a hook i don't know but maddie you know you know what they say maddie sometimes the best bets are the ones that you don't make to Soldier Field where the Bears over the last two games my Bears the Bears have lost uh, a couple really tight heartbreakers but we've seen Mitch Trubisky come up with multiple 300 yard games and start to use some great um, like 
Robinson and Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard stepping up. We're getting our pieces in place. We're seven and a half point favorites, though, against the visiting New York Jets. And every week, Sam Darnold seems to look just a little bit better. Yeah, well, they had a heck of a game against Minnesota. When I say heck of a game, I mean for the injury report. So free safeties, Doug Middleton and Marcus May are out. Cornerback Tremaine Johnson is out on offense. So their offense. secondary's decimated. Secondary's absolutely decimated. Spencer Long, their center, is out. Uh, Quincy and Bilal, those guys are out um, on offense. And all these occurred against the Vikings. So <laughs> you're, down, you're down a, what, Pro Bowl receiver. You're down uh, your, your main running back, and you're down with three guys in your defensive secondary. This one ticked up from a touchdown to seven and a half yesterday. Oh my God. When, the heck, when was the last time the Bears were favored by over a touchdown? It actually, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of it. It's probably sometime when Cutler first got there and we were playing the Lions because they sucked at that point in time. That's when they were running the table in reverse. But Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but I will say Chicago, I like them in this situation um, because – not only the injury report, but I mean, if you're going to decimate a secondary in the way Chicago's been starting, like, I don't know where this vertical offense started to show up from because this is not something I was expecting this year. Matt Nagy. Yeah, but, you know, I did a rant, I think it was week one or week two in this podcast, about how if you watch the young quarterbacks, the ones that are succeeding are the ones whose coaches are letting them try to go downfield to make plays. You don't have to stretch the field all the time, but you know it's nice when you can show teams, hey, I can go, I can go long and get those safeties to kind of give you a little bit of pad, which gives you a lot of extra room in the flats and in the running game. Um, Chicago's finally finding that, and when you got a couple backs like Jordan Howard who can pound it between the tackles, Tariq Cohen. You know who looked good in the running game? Who's that? It was Mitchell Trubisky last week. Yeah, what did he get, like 45 yards or something like that? Well, no, he had more than that. I think he had one of his runs was for 45. He looked like a legitimate running back hey, following his blockers. With the Bears, I'll take all the offensive yards we can get because I'm not used to having a quarterback that does the job with my team. You know, or even Jim McMahon was more of a game manager. I mean, when you got Walter Payton back there, you just give him the rock 35 times and you launch a couple big bombs. Uh, when you see a blitz coming to Willie Galt, and there's your couple touchdowns. Boom. Or if you're first and goal in the Super Bowl, you just give it to Refrigerator Perry. Yep. One of Dick is, by the way, that's one of Dick's biggest regrets is that he didn't give it to Walter Payton on the goal line because Walter Payton was, did not get a touchdown in that Super Bowl. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is actually one of Dick's biggest regrets. It, uh, the way he explains it, he was like, it was crazy. Everybody was scoring. It was just such a whirlwind, and we were having so much fun because we were never really in doubt. And uh, he said it wasn't until after the game where somebody ran it up to me that I that Walter didn't get a touchdown, and you know he he legitimately felt bad about that because I think well he did get a ring, but I remember watching that Super Bowl. He did get a ring, but you know Walter liked to be involved, and yeah. in that Super Bowl he actually wasn't as involved as he was the rest of the season. Anyway, there's your Bears history. I'm taking the Bears. Uh, you know what? And half points at Soldier Field. That um, that injury report is glaring and very telling, and I'm not sure if they can overcome that on the road. So I'm going to go with the Bears as well. 
Buy that. By the way, if you get a chance, buy that seven and a half down to seven. Sleep better at night. Listen, pal, maybe you haven't heard. I'm the guy in old Detroit. You want space in my marketplace? You're going to have to give me a volume discount. And on to another NFC North team that is playing at home. It's the Detroit Lions at Ford Field. Laying three and a half points against the visiting Seattle Seahawks. Detroit's offense has been on the ball this year. Yeah, actually, the new guy's name who's in town is named Matthew Edward Patricia. And guess what? The Lions players are liking what he's selling. They're yeah, buying they're, into it. They're buying in, and uh, the guy that you've been high on all year, Carry On Johnson, is doing well, eh? Buck 58 on the ground last week, so that's two consecutive 100-yard games, which, wow, I think it was Barry Sanders the last time that happened. Yeah, leading all rookie backs this year. Yeah, and... Uh, another thing that you don't often associate with the Detroit Lions is a pass rush, and they are fourth in the league in terms of number of sacks. And guess what? Seattle doesn't have an offensive line to speak of. Nope. Thank God that Russell Wilson is mobile. Otherwise, he'd be just crushed yeah. every game. And I realize that Seattle's coming off a bye, but my gosh, Detroit, Detroit's a different team at home in that in Edford Field, you know, in the dome situation. And you know what the record is against sub-500 sub teams. It's great. This is a good spot for them. I think they're actually getting a little bit disrespected by this line. I'm surprised it isn't a bit higher. I agree. Uh, Three points is a gift at, at Ford Field. Yeah, this probably should have been four, four and a half. But um, as it sits right now, three, I think they can cover that fairly easily. And they're <laughs> don't be surprised if this team's hanging around late in the season. Be uh, uh, close to division champs. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. Got kind of tired of packing and unpacking, town to town, up and down the dial. And we're on to the Natty, where uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are uh, hosting the Tampa Bay Bucks, and uh, this game is sitting at a uh, four and a half point line in favor of the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks eked out that win. Probably shouldn't have. Uh, and obviously the Bengals are coming off two heartbreaking wins. Um, one was under the lights on Sunday night, and they got their butts handed to them. Um, I, I think this is a, a good bounce-back game for the Bengals, and Tampa Bay's defense is horrific. Most definitely. And Cincinnati, much like Detroit, is a different team at home. Oh, they are. I mean... A.J. Green was the only guy getting it going on, on their offense last week, but um, I'm looking for Mixon to have a big day, and I'm, I'm looking for uh, the Red Rider to, to move the ball around between his other receivers, and I think that uh, that whole receiving core is going to have a pretty big day. And, yeah, four and a half, I don't know. It's kind of like no man's land at that point. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals. It's up to you. 
now we head to the Meadowlands where the New York Giants are playing host to the professional football team from Washington. And uh, the Giants, one-point underdogs at home, but even though they're home dogs, I feel like the professional football team from Washington is the team being disrespected by that line. Yeah, it's kind of a funny line. I mean, the, the Giants looked half respectable on Monday night. But all their shit was garbage time. Uh, and Atlanta, well, and it was against it Atlanta's defense, no, which I is know. like a bag of pylons. Oh, yeah, and Washington's defense looked great. I mean, sure did. Uh, they got a touchdown. Their offense, even Alex Smith acknowledged that their offense wasn't getting much going and that that win was attributed entirely to their defense. But they're just finding ways to get it done, and they're winning their division right now. Um, Eli Manning, my God, I You know, I heard rumors about him possibly going to Jacksonville, but why? Why would Jacksonville want him? I, yeah, one weak guys, arm for another. That guy expired about two seasons ago, and and what the hell was Pat Shermer doing with when they scored that touchdown to make it twenty to twelve, and he's going for two points? Yeah, that like was that, a little bit bizarre. That doesn't even make sense. Like, what math table is he looking at? Um, why don't you just make it a touchdown game as opposed to touchdown plus a two point conversion? I don't like you're not. Gonna, they didn't have enough time to score two field goals. It just didn't make sense. No, but. If it was twenty one to twelve, first yeah. of all, that's a great rush album. Second of all, uh, if it's twenty one twelve, then you go for two. But at twenty to twelve, it makes no, absolutely yeah. no mathematical sense because you're already if you kick the extra point. You need seven points. You can at least get the tie out. So they trade. I'm not sure if you heard this, but uh, Eli Apple got traded uh, yes. over to the Saints. So that's a cancer removed from that locker room. I don't know why the Saints exactly wanted him, although they did need to beef up their defensive secondary. Makes sense, I guess, from that standpoint. Um, I, I, no, I can't bet on the Giants. It's just not going to happen. Um, I'm going to take the professional football team from Washington in this one. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold and the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold the autumn wind is a raider pillaging just for fun he'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won on to oakland uh where uh wow what can you say about chucky's team other than it looks like he's trying to blow it up so he can remake it in his own image and, oh, uh, the Raiders are laying, or pardon me, the Raiders are three-point underdogs at home against uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and this game is kind of a, a battle of impotence, isn't it? Yeah, it's not exactly uh, a big boy game on the docket, but whoa, how the mighty have fallen with Oakland, and I wonder why. We think Cooper's going to be a great player. We think Amari's uh, not only a great prospect a great player he's a great person he had a lot of injuries last year and that impacted him but 
he'll be the, the focal point of our pass offense. I hope he's listening here today. I look forward to joining up with Amari Cooper. He's uh, got tremendous quickness. I think he's smart. He's versatile. He's a gamer. He likes the bright lights, and uh, he'll be the headliner in our offense. So that's Gruden in May talking about Amari Cooper's role with the team, and now he's not there. What kind of an idiot would say that and then trade said player? So here's Gruden in, I believe it was week three, talking about getting a good pass rusher. Hard to find a great one. It's hard to find a, a good one. It's hard to find one. You just said it. And, uh, you know, college football now, they're, they're not really dropping back to pass and throwing footballs anymore. They're throwing laterals and they're throwing bubble screens and they're running read options. So you got to train these guys. It takes a little bit of time to, uh, to learn how to rush the passer. And um, we got some guys that are in that process right now. Now, what kind of an idiot would say that and do what he did? I don't know, Maddie. Do you see any way of Oakland pulling this one out? This actually is something I can see them pulling out. I think that. Do you? I, I honestly do. Indianapolis is not playing well this year. Andrew Luck hasn't been himself. He's been scoring decent, but I mean, they're. What he's, are, he's been turning. He's been turning the ball over a lot. He has, right? And uh, Oakland, you got to think they're not completely packing it in. And Derek Carr, after being accused of crying and all this kind of garbage, he's and and looking at you know hearing trade rumors about himself because oh, yeah. he's not the guy. Yeah. He's got something to prove. I can actually at three points. I like the Oakland rate. I, I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. The autumn <laughs> yeah. wind is upon me. I don't know what it is, but I'm taking the Raiders at uh, three points. Well, now Marshawn Lynch is out, right? And Amari Cooper, their best receiver, is gone. I'm not sure who the hell Carr's going to be throwing it to. That's true. Once again, we call on the peanut vendor. Peanut! Cracker Jack! I hope no, I, oh gosh, three points at home. Yeah, I, uh, I don't like it. I like, uh, I like Indianapolis in this one. I'd buy that for a dollar. On to LA, which is suddenly football city as uh, the Rams play host to the Green Bay Packers and the Rams are nine and a half point favorites and this, in the entire Aaron Rodgers era, is the largest spread that he's had to overcome in his career. Yeah, that's... Well, I don't think it's a slight against Aaron Rodgers, but the Rams are firing on all cylinders. They're, every aspect of their game, special teams, defense, offense, that it's just clicking. Todd freaking Gurley. Oh, my God, the guy's a beast. Oh, he's a, man, he's a football player's yeah. wet dream. Well, if, if you're in a if you uh, do DFS fantasies over, he eclipsed the ten thousand dollar mark this week. So yeah, someone's thinking that he's of value. So, the, but they, you know, I mentioned their defense, but they are a little bit banged up in the secondary. Talib is still out. Um, their cornerback Troy Hill suffered a concussion last week. I doubt he'll be playing. And on the other side of the ball, Rogers' brace is now off, and you saw what he could do with the brace. Oh boy. Yeah, I think this is giving up uh, too many points. 
Now, do you Rogers. think Green Bay's defense can hold? See, my thing isn't whether or not Rodgers is going to put up points. I think Rodgers is going to put up points. But the way Green Bay has been going this year, their defense is not what it once was. Uh, they're, no, they're not. But I can't remember the last season that they had a respectable defense. So you got to go back quite a few years. Well, the last couple of years, they seem to have been getting better. And they've, they've been getting no. Rodgers better margins. You know, no, Aaron Rodgers is the cologne that took the stink off that defense for the last at least five or six years. All right. So do you think that he could score enough points to keep pace with the Rams so that they don't lose by nine and a half? Yes, I do. Uh, nine and a half points is a lot against Aaron Rodgers. I don't give a fuck who Rodgers is playing for. He could be playing for the Dallas Cowboys right now. I'd still say that's fucking too much against Aaron Rodgers. Especially yep. once if he's down and he's got a pass. Like as a Bears fan, I know he always comes back to at least cover. Well, I you don't want to use garbage time in the same sentence as Aaron Rodgers, but you could easily see a backdoor cover here. Well, that and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because I can see L.A. coming out to a, a pretty decent lead. And then Rodgers, you know, he'll chip away at it. I don't know if he comes back to actually win the game, especially in Los Angeles, but I could definitely see Aaron Rodgers leading him back to cover nine and a half points. On to the Sun Devil State where the Arizona Cardinals are actually favorited against a team, albeit by one point, and unfortunately against your Niners, buddy. What do you think's going on here? Well, I mean, they lose at home, they lose on the road. Why couldn't they lose in the desert? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, last week was tough. Yeah, it's just, this whole season is just frustrating. Like, you lose Jarek McKinnon in the last game of the preseason, and that was supposed to open up their offense. Then Garoppolo goes down, and then that was a big. Let's face it, like everybody talks about it, and they all know the quarterback's the most important position on the field. And with Jimmy G at the helm, your team is not a below five hundred team. No, and no. unfortunately, without him, like I mean, it's just Beathard's not a horrible quarterback. But no. he's not Garoppolo, and he doesn't he doesn't inspire that kind of lead you down the field and get you some scores kind of a confidence. No, I mean, but what's but happened in last Arizona few weeks Arizona doesn't is really a, have fuck all either. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they got Larry Fitzgerald, who's you know struggling with a hamstring injury right now. I I don't know, man. This game, I don't. I, I throw my hands up in the air because it's not a game I'm going to be betting on. I I don't like that one point spread either. I mean, you'll be betting that's on a it. Pick em. That's a pick. I'd be em. surprised if there was a, more than a half a dozen people even watching the game. Yeah. You pick it, Maddie. You pick it for us. You want me to pick this game? Yep. All right. Are you hearing me want... right now? Yep. I think San Francisco goes into Arizona, and wins it outright. All right. Done. Gotcha. <laughs> Go Vikings, let's win this game. Go Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, let's get a touchdown. Rock em, suck em, fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more. Beat, fight, beat, fight, and shoot, and shoot. Go Vikings, let's go! The Purple People Eaters, Minnesota Vikings, are at home against the visiting New Orleans Saints this week. And Minnesota laying only one point at home. 
That's a pretty tough uh, spread, I think, for this game. Although, who knows? It, before you get into it, this is just this game. When I saw it, I was just like, "What? What do you do?" New Orleans got a great offense. Minnesota's defense isn't what it once was, but New Orleans' defense just sucks. And this is a game I could also see Minnesota getting there. You know, like I, I think Kirk Cousins looks good. You know, Thielen's a stud. Oh, absolutely. This is a tough place, I think, for New Orleans. Well, it is. Obviously, this is going to be billed as the big rematch from uh, the playoffs last year, and we know what happened with that. But, you know, when New Orleans, let's go back to last week, they played a very physical game in Baltimore. And, yeah, they won, and they probably should have won. They played well. But when you play a defense like that, it takes its toll on you, man. And Minnesota had a pretty easy time beating up the Jets on the road. They did. So now they're back in their own crib in the land of 10,000 lakes. And now they're getting Dalvin Cook back, may have Dalvin Cook back in the backfield, but they're also getting a bunch of other players back uh, that haven't been healthy in a while. So they're to get infused with a little more firepower. And I'm just liking them. I'm, I'm liking them. Like Cousins is playing really well. I'm, I'm, I don't know if guys in Washington are kicking themselves or getting rid of him, but Cousins is playing really well. Cousins now, looks I'm, good in purple right now. Like, yeah, that has and, not been the problem for Minnesota this year. It's been their defense. No, 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 he hasn't. Um, if their defense can tighten up against Drew Brees this week, and, you know, you got Ted Ginn out and a number. They, he doesn't have all he needs as well. Minnesota should be able to cover a point at home. They should be. And, and let's, you know, New Orleans played on the road last week. They're on the road again. No, I'm I'm gonna go with the home team here. I'm taking the Vikings. So we're screaming Vikings. Screaming Vikings. You know what I'm in the mood for? Screaming Vikings. Screaming Vikings. Screaming Vikings. Screaming On to the Monday Nighter this week where the Bills are at home and uh, unfortunately 14-point underdogs to the New England Patriots in this game. I mean, what do you say for Buffalo other than can you coax Jim Kelly out of retirement? I don't know because their quarterback woes are. What do you do, go back to Nate Peterman this week? No, I don't. (laughs) Be sad state of affairs if you do, but I don't know, man. Um. Let's talk about New England for just a second here. So they're in the Windy City, and it comes down to a defensive play to not, or at least not have the game tied up in the last second of the fourth quarter. Tom Brady, since he entered the league, I'm not going to say he's got a horseshoe up his ass, but I do think he sold his soul to the devil. Just, let's go back. He was the benef- beneficiary of that tuck rule call, right, against Oakland. And... You know, you had that Malcolm Butler INT in the Super Bowl in which really Marshawn Lynch should have got the ball. Two years ago in the Super Bowl, 25-point comeback. Uh, The game against the Bears last week, you know, they had a block punt for a touchdown and they had a uh, special teams kick kick return for a touchdown. And I I don't know. 
he, do you, yeah. I do think, you think he sold his soul to the devil or the hoodie? Is there any difference? Uh, that's that's the great question. Now you got Sony Michelle who's out this week. That's Lord a big loss, man. That guy was. That's a huge loss. He was becoming a feature back there, which he they really haven't was. had forever since like Curtis Martin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Since Curtis Martin, and Lord knows if Gronk's going to be back in the lineup. That's always iffy, but Tom Brady finds a way to get it done regardless. But this is the Super Bowl for Buffalo, man. Regardless of what happens the rest of the season, if if they if they show up and play well here, um, it kind of I don't know it. it and I, th- I think they do. I think they do show up here. And 14 points, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm taking a 14-point home dog regardless of who they're playing against. Well, I 100% agree with you on that. 14 points at home. It's not like the Bills have played awful this year. They beat the Jags. Um, yes, they got the quarterback woes. 14 points to uh, New England in Buffalo. I'm telling you the truth, though. I have, I'm not picking on this game at all because it's just, uh, to me, I don't. Buffalo is such a question mark that it's not worth gambling on. Well, but so I, like New, a 14 New England's had spread. three road games, right? New England's had three road games this yep. year, most recently against your Bears, which we know what happened. But they, they lost in uh, Detroit and they lost in Jacksonville. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I fully agree with you, dude. I could see Buffalo covering a 14 point spread here. It, it would not be out of the realm of impossibility. Big dose of Shady McCoy. Help that spread out. It's time for fantasy time with the commish. Yeah, the commissioner of my fantasy football league. We like to, you know, pick his ear from or pick his brain at least from time to time about what's going on in the fantasy football world. And uh, thank you, Mister Commish, for coming out. And uh, Andy and I just want a couple moments of your time, Mister Commish. We saw this past week some very last-minute injury scratches from roster lineups, including Melvin Gordon in England and Gronk in Chicago. Additionally, Deshaun Watson decided to take a bus to Jacksonville to avoid air pressure and further damage his lung. From a fantasy standpoint, where do you go to get the most accurate injury reports, and what sort of things do you look out for in an ambiguous official team report? Well, isn't that the million-dollar question? And if anybody had a perfect answer for that, they would be winning leagues left, right, and center. I, myself, got burned on this this week with Melvin Gordon and the Chargers playing a 9 a.m. game Eastern time. It's Sunday morning, NFL. I'm not getting up to gamble that early. That having been said, websites. Uh, CBS Sports does an exceptional job. NFL.com has a great injury report section of their website fantasy pros roto world really the onus is going to be on the fantasy team owner you just have to stay on top of it you have to be aware who may be a questionable game time decision and stack your bench accordingly there's no perfect formula for this it's just something you have to keep an eye on with players like amari cooper changing jerseys and likely Le'Veon bell sooner than later do you like to fade these guys or embrace them as fantasy picks for dfs based leagues Embrace them. Always embrace them. Good players don't get traded to bad teams. All right, let me restate that. Very, very rarely do good players get traded to bad teams. So if you're running a DFS league, 
Chances are your player is about to do some incredible things. They're getting picked up because they can punch it in at the goal line. They're getting picked up because they could do something exceptional. A couple extra sacks on the quarterback. They could do it because they're going to get 100 yards receiving in a game. Or they're a quarterback who's about to go way up in value because nobody trades for a good quarterback and plunks him on the bench. One of your guys gets traded, Le'Veon Bell, for example, he's going to have something to prove. So if you've got him, hang on to him and watch out for some big numbers when he suits up for somebody else. Mr. Kamish, this is getting away a little from X's and O's, but what is the most egregious etiquette breach between owners or an owner and a commissioner that you have ever seen in a fantasy league? Oh, fantasy league etiquette. All right. Okay, boys. Here's your answer. Plain and simple collusion. I have seen this more often where there is an undefeated player and you're coming down to the end of the season and nobody else in the league wants to see him go undefeated. So you start seeing guys who are out of it stack teams that are going to be playing against him. I'm not saying it shouldn't be allowed because all's fair in love and gambling. But technically... It could be considered a huge breach in etiquette where you just have to play the teams that other owners have been able to assemble. If you're trying to send your best receiver and your best running back to a team to play a guy who's undefeated just in the hopes of putting an L in his column, that's a breach in etiquette. As a commissioner, it's a slap on the wrist offense, but it is a for sure breach in etiquette. This is a little segment we like to call Andy's Total Prop Tease. It's actually one of our more popular segments. It's brand new this year. And it's where Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a proposition bet, and finally a teaser. We invite our listeners to do the same thing along with us on our Facebook page. A successful Total Prop Tease is any combo that hits two out of the three. So, Mr. Prognosticator, put on your swami hat. Give us your week eight thoughts. All right. So, our total... We're going to look to the Baltimore Ravens and the Carolina Panthers game. And right now it's set at a very low 42 and a half. Both these teams have the ability to put points on the board. I realize that they have both good defenses, but um, I'm looking for this one to be higher scoring than most people think. So take the over 42 and a half on that one. The prop bet takes place in England, and that is a first half bet of Philly and Jacksonville to go under the number of 20 and a half. Look for these guys to get off a slow and sluggish start. They'll probably pick things up in the second half, but I don't see a lot of points being scored early. And lastly, our teasers are the Pittsburgh Steelers, tease them down to two points, and the Chicago Bears, teasing them down to one and a half. Both of those are going through two key numbers of three and seven, and good luck with that. Thank you to all our fans for listening to episode 8 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 8 games across the NFL. Also, please submit your questions to almostwiseguys at gmail.com. Special thank you to the Commish for his fantasy insights from the Costa Nostra studios. For Andy, the prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long time.